0: This is some of the hardest emotional crap you can go through and you are here and you want to learn more about how to move forward past the emotional fog and have more happiness, peace, and clarity in your life. Who is ready for some of this? What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be open and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This week, we're doing something a little bit different and by we, I mean me. I decided that it could be very beneficial to share the workshop that I did last week. And I'm doing this because I want to touch as many people as possible to help them know that they are not alone. I know sometimes it can be scary to sign up for a workshop, to show up in a room, even if it's a a virtual room, to take that step. And I wanna make this as easy and accessible to you guys as possible. There's one person that benefits from this episode hearing this workshop of how to be able to work through betrayal and crisis in your relationship, then this is worth sharing. And so that has been what is calling on my heart today, and so I'm putting that out there for you. This is the recording of last week's workshop. It is here for you to enjoy, to learn from, and to process. If you have not experienced crisis in your relationship, my guess is you will be able to get something out of this as well. So don't just ditch out, give it a chance. See what you think. Let me know what your takeaways are. I hope you have a fabulous week. Take care, and here is this week's episode of the Husband-in-Law Podcast. You are in the right place today. If you are experiencing crisis in your relationship, you feel alone and are unsure of where you want to go. You feel that your partner is, isn't is being vo- fully honest with you still. Maybe there's things that are being hidden and you can feel that in your gut. You are feeling angry, hurt, deceived, or resentful, and you are looking for clarity about how to move forward in your life and whether you stay together or not. Some of you may have already made this decision. That is awesome, but we are going to talk about things. You feel like your relationship is up in the air or the direction of your relationship has already been chosen for you. You may have felt like you have tried to process your feelings and gain clarity before, but you are waiting for your partner to make a decision. Sometimes we're waiting for him to decide whether they're going to stay in the relationship or whether they're going to go and what that looks like for us. You feel like you are being selfish for doing what feels right for you. Sometimes we feel bad because we feel like we have to keep giving and giving and giving, even though we kind of feel like we are falling apart. You've tried to move forward, but you didn't know where to start or you didn't have the support you were needing. You're still making excuses for why it is someone else's problem and not your own. This is actually a really big one that is really hard to move through. I understand that. And this isn't the life or the future you wanted. And that's a really hard thing to accept. But sometimes we have to get there and learn to accept that. Okay. You also may feel like no one can relate to what you are going through. People are going to judge you for the decision that you make one way or the other, and you will lose the friendship or the relationship you have with your partner. Often we are scared of that shift in that relationship, and you feel like things just aren't going forward. You're worried about your financial support and all of those things. And I'm going to reference unicorns here today, so don't mind me. (laughs) I've never been a unicorn person. I just, I see this on the page. I want you to know that all of you are unicorns. You are going through something hard. You feel completely alone, but this is your herd. We are all unique in this unique experience, which makes us a unicorn. And we are all strong and beautiful and confident in our own ways, even if we don't feel that now. But you have a herd now. We are here together going through our unique experiences that are similar, but they are unique. My goal for you in this training is that you come to see That what is keeping you from identifying a solution that works for you, that feels right for you? And we're going to let go of this belief and we are going to start getting you to hear you. These three things are going to help you see yourself as the unicorn that you are so you can spend less time in victimhood and we are going to keep moving that forward. All right. Get the most out of this training. Please silence your phone and other notifications. Close all other tabs. Go somewhere you can listen and um, get out a pen and pencil, and then if you are ready to get started, we are going to dive in. Are you guys ready for this today? You ready to dive into some of these things? I know sometimes I can have a lot of energy on here, and it feels like, Jessica, we're talking about hard things, but I firmly believe that we have to carry energy and sometimes through hard things, and I'm here to carry some of that energy for you. So we are going to get this started. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to dive into who the heck I am. My first relationship, I was married to my ex-husband for seven years. Six months into our marriage, I found a whole bunch of gay porn on our computer. And while I know sometimes straight men look at gay porn, I just knew deep down inside of me that my husband was gay. And um, I approached him at that time about it. He was in extreme denial. He was like, no, I'm not gay. I just felt it was better to look at men than to look at women. I didn't want to defile, like disrespect women in any way. And he had convinced himself that this was true. He was totally convinced that this is why he looked at gay porn, porn that was just men. And a couple of years later in our marriage, he was in counseling and the counselor was like, yeah, Steve, these things you're struggling with are an issue. But what you really need to deal with is the fact that you are gay. Until you love yourself and accept this part of you, you are always going to struggle with these other things. They are always going to be an issue. And so at that point, he came to terms with the fact he was gay. We were in the midst of like infertility treatments and things. And it was kind of a crazy time for him to really acknowledge this. I knew in the back of my head that this was the truth, but he really came out and acknowledged that to me, at least at that time. We continued forward. And we were married another five years and about three years after that. So five years into our marriage, we did have a beautiful baby girl and, um, she came into our world and it was amazing. And we were so, so excited to have this little girl. And then Steve ended up having an affair like six and a half years into our marriage, basically. And we tried to work it out. We tried to make all the things work. He was so conflicted about what he does, if he stays, if he goes. He wasn't sure what he wanted or how this looked, but he felt horrible. He had hurt me and he also still loved me. And was, so we are trying to figure this out. And it was a hot mess, you guys, like such a mess of us trying to work through and navigate this. And we hadn't told anybody. We were on our own we did end up telling a couple of friends. So, because I was like, we need just a little bit of space. And I was stuck in fear of what it looked like moving forward. And then one day I realized I would be okay. And that we could figure this out. And I still, the other fear after that, like after I accepted that we could form a new relationship, I was worried about what this looked like for my daughter. I'd only seen divorce in one form and not directly But the type where you're angry and bitter and you can't be in the same room as the same person and the kids worrying about which parent do I invite to this event or if they're in the same room, how does this look because they can't get along. And I knew I didn't want that for my daughter. And so I really had to dive into my values and what I valued most and how I could live in alignment with those. And one of those things was this value for my daughter, that she would be able to have her family together in any place she wanted us without worrying about it. And so we really, I talked to Steve and we really worked and have been intentional to do that. Now, it's been a mess. It's taken a lot of time, but we are now 11 years post-divorce and things have evolved to the point that Steve's partner and Steve and um, my new family all get together for holidays and for birthdays and we do family dinners together and Steve and I and Matt, so Steve, my ex-husband, my current husband Matt and I all host a podcast together sharing our stories so that people feel less alone and that is why I'm here today is to help you feel less alone. I've been remarried now for almost 10 years, which just blows my mind. I have two stepkids and one daughter of my own, obviously mine and Steve's daughter, Our kids are 13, 14, and 16. So we are in the thick of um, co-parenting and all that jazz. So lots of fun there. Okay. I just spent years working with women, specifically helping them change their perspective about their life and relationships so that they can show up for themselves first, and then they can also show up for their family and friends and all of those next. And the th- cool thing that happens when you show up for yourself first and you choose into healing and you support that and you go through this process of examining the beliefs you're holding, you get to trickle down and help other people. I now obviously have a podcast and a social media presence because I <laughs> can now share on a bigger scale. I knew I was helping women in these smaller groups and I wanted to be able to support more women, which is you here today. And so I have put that out there in sharing my story. And now I I would say I'm a pro-unicorn. I am a queen of boundary setter. And that is how we create these healthy relationships. When we are going through betrayal, when we have a partner come out, when we are going through a divorce, whatever it is, if we are trying to stay together after betrayal, we have to have the boundaries. Those are the key. And so I am a queen boundary setter. I kind of mentioned this why I do what I do is I know that you can be happy and that you deserve to be happy and we are going to get you there. I know there are tools and steps and things that I have that you can utilize to get you to where you want to be. I know the power of being boldly you, which means embracing who you are and knowing what it is you want and then showing up fully in that way is going to get you to where you want to be so that you can be happy and at peace and feel good about those things. You won't have to be alone. Your kids will have everything they need and more. And you are capable of providing for your family if you need to financially. These are the three biggest fears that I have found from women who are going through betrayal, having a partner come out, experiencing a crisis in their relationship, is that they will be alone forever, is that their kids will not be okay, that they are going to be damaged emotionally or that financially things are going to be hard or whatever. And then we as women are worried about how we provide for our families. And I know you are capable of doing all these things and it is going to be okay. And we are going to help tackle one thing at a time to get you moving forward so that you know, feel confident and sure that all of these things can be true for you, that you don't have to carry these fears, let the fears work for you. Okay. Last but not least, I am here doing this because this is my superpower and superpowers are meant to be used to help and support other people. And so that is why I'm here doing this with you. This is a natural and gift that has been given to me. And I want to share it with you because it is something all these things I've learned about can help you and they're teachable. And as well, I love helping women feel seen. And it's a gift that I've been given and I love doing it. Okay. Are you ready to get into the three secrets that I have today that can help get you moving forward? You guys, you are ready for this. I know sometimes even saying that, saying that you're ready can feel scary. Showing up in this room today can feel scary. It's scary. And I applaud you for being here. Okay, secret number one is going to be find a solution that works for you. Number two is going to be conquering perfect wife syndrome. And number three is going to be hearing you. These are just three of the tools that I use, utilize on a regular basis. So secret number one, find a solution that works for you. Do you know what it is you want? So often when I am working with women and coaching women, they tell me, well, you know, I'm waiting for my partner to decide this and they're saying this. So I'm going to wait until they, they make a decision. And I really want our family to be together. And, and sometimes that's just not an option, you guys, but they're still saying, well, I just want our family to be together. And I get that. I know that's ultimately the, the desire, but that's not always possible because other people have made decisions and we can't control those decisions. So what I want you to think about in number one in finding a solution that works for you is think about what it is you want and take ownership of that. Allow that feeling of what you want, probably a feeling that you've been suppressing to be able to come up in you. Like let it be in your body so that you can feel that and own that. What is the story you are telling yourself about this? What are the the stories you are keeping? And this is something that we dive into in coaching. I don't have time today. The story you are telling yourself, whether that is the first one that comes to mind is that I, I don't want to, or I can't be happy outside of my marriage. I can't be happy in any other relationship. It's keeping you from being able to move forward. It's keeping you from being able to heal, whatever that story is. If you start thinking of stories, write them down. Think about the stories you're telling yourself that are keeping you stuck. And then you ask yourself, is this story serving me? The story that I'm telling myself, is it serving me? Is it yes or no? And when we don't open ourselves up to a different story, we can't find a way to move forward. So we need to identify what it is we really want. We we figure out what is the story we're telling ourselves about that, and is it serving you? A classic example that I have of this actually is in my second marriage, and it was about being a stepmom. I remember thinking over and over again, I am such a bad stepmom, and partially because I had been told this by other people, and also because it was just a belief I carried at that point because things were so hard. It is so hard to blend families, so I was convinced I was a horrible stepmom. And one day I was out for a run and I'm like, all right, Jess, you need to dive into the story you're telling yourself about being a stepmom. Is this serving anyone? (laughs) No, it's making me show up in a way that isn't serving myself because I was giving too much of myself because I was trying to make up for this belief. Um, And then it was making it so I wasn't genuinely connecting with my stepkids or with my husband because I was just pushing something that wasn't really what I wanted. And you people can feel that people understand that they can feel when it's not genuine. So I chose on that run to start shifting that story. Every time I thought, am I a bad stepmom? I had to give myself proof of why that story isn't true. Why is that story not true? But as I started to shift that story of recognizing all of the ways that I am a good stepmom and giving myself that proof, I realized that then I was setting boundaries and taking care of me and it was healing everybody in our family. It was creating genuine connection instead of forced connection. And it was allowing me to show up, for my stepkids and therefore my husband in a way that felt right and real. And it felt more natural and real to them. Okay. That is just one small example, big example, but also small. All right. This is um, another story about Steve and I, I knew he was gay six months into our marriage. As I said, But at that time, it was just like, no, divorce is never the answer. Divorce is never the answer. And so we kept going and kept going, which was the right path for us. I'm not saying that it's wrong to keep going. I'm not saying any of that. This was the right path for us. But divorce is never the answer. So then even when we were in the thick of him having an affair and we are both so mentally and emotionally exhausted, we could not let ourselves think of any other option because divorce isn't the option. And that was not serving any of us. It wasn't letting Steve feel at peace. It was loading shame onto his shoulders, even more shame and guilt. And it wasn't helping either of us be able to progress. It wasn't allowing him to be honest with me or himself that he was actually ready to leave our relationship. And I was carrying this gut feeling that things were not okay and that it wasn't right. And I was right. But because we were just pushing through into this thing, we neither of us would lean into our real feelings. Neither of us could be truly honest with ourselves or each other. It kept us from getting the peace and clarity that really is what we ultimately wanted. That is the thing we wanted. Yes, we wanted to stay married, but we didn't want a marriage that wasn't that didn't allow us to have the peace and calm and clarity to be who we were. Does that make sense? So when we leaned into the idea that vo- divorce was an option, we were able to release. The shame. We are able to release all of this pressure we are putting on each other, intentionally or unintentionally, and be able to show up for ourselves. Okay. Tiffany says, There is more I can do. This is the belief she's carrying or the story. There is more I can learn. I need to be more compassionate and forgiving. And this is so common. I'm sure most of us in here could raise our hands and say, Yes, Tiffany, I feel this too. All right. The key is to figuring out what works for you and not for anybody else. You need to know what it works for you and your relationship, all right? Are you ready to identify the stories you're telling yourself so you can create a clear version of the future, one that is in line with your values and what it is you really want? Ladies, this is where we want to get you to, is to a point where you can acknowledge the story just as Tiffany did in the chat. And then we want to be able to move forward past that of knowing, okay, I know this is what I'm carrying. Is this serving me? Is it getting me closer to where I want to be? Or is it just making things more emotionally heavy for me at this time? All right. You will never get to where you want to be if you do not take ownership of your life. If you do not take your power back and say, I have control of things in my life. You will never get to where you want to be. And rewrite the story you are telling yourself. You have to rewrite that story. We have to get to a point where we are ready to rewrite the stories. All right. Secret number two. I feel like this plays into Tiffany's comment. Um, Conquering the perfect wife syndrome. No matter how perfectly you choose to show up, you cannot make somebody choose you. I want you to think about that. And if you have had a partner come out or who is transitioning or who um, identifies as queer in some way or another, or anybody who's been through betrayal, first of all, if they are queer, you cannot change that. You just can't. So no matter how perfectly you try to show up, you cannot change that. And what will happen, and the ladies in my groups can testify to this, you will crumple and you will contort yourself into something that you are not into somebody you do not recognize. And that is where the real harm comes for you and for all of those in your family. That is when your kids are learning that it's better for me to fake who I am and to show up as somebody else and to not acknowledge my feelings and needs than to speak up for what it is I want. This is where the damage comes with our kids. Now, when we choose to let go of this idea that we have to do more, there's more I can do. There's more I can learn. I need to be more forgiving. I need to be more compassionate. Well, yes, those are all good, righteous desires. Like those are beautiful desires to have unless they are in tune with what we need right now. Somebody is saying 100%. This is what I did for the last five years of my marriage. And this is usually when people start reaching out for help. Because they were like, I am so beat down. There's no way I can keep moving forward. And I have lost so much of who I am. I don't know how to get in tune with that person again. I don't know what that person wants. I don't know what it is they need. And that is what I call perfect wife syndrome, is that we have tried to conform and show up better and do all of the things perfectly so that the other person will choose us. And it does not work. Full-time worker, full-time house dad. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yes. Kurt, are you a male here amongst us for reals? I never know if people's names match or not. And if you are, kudos to you for showing up. Kudos uh, to yes, all I of am. you for showing up. You are? Yes. <laughs> it. Feel frozen in fear. Yes. We get stuck in that fear, you guys. We are going to be bold and move past that fear. The fear is telling us what we really want. We just have to know how to do it. I finally realized you cannot make someone else choose you over their addiction either. Yes, we cannot make them choose us. We cannot force them into one direction or the other. They have to choose us. And ultimately, we have to choose us. We have to choose us. The thing that happens when we actually start choosing ourselves is that it can shift the relationship. It can shift And this doesn't always work. It can shift how they view us. It could shift them to want to be with us again. And I've found this in my second marriage of, I made this shift of owning who I was because I was trying to show up perfectly and it allowed space for my husband to choose back into our marriage. And that's a story for a whole nother day <laughs> of second marriage, but it works the same. And we talked about this. I would love for you guys to go listen to like, I think it was last month's, there were a couple episodes last month where Matt and I and Steve talked about, oh, uh, maybe it's this month. Anyway, we addressed this of betrayal and how I have been betrayed by both Matt and Steve. And now Matt, my new husband did not like betray me with infidelity or anything. He created a lot of trauma for me personally in our life in the beginning of our marriage. And so there's so much of that that we have to carry. And the more I chose myself, the more he was able to choose into our relationship and we're actually able to heal it and be able to stay married, which, yeah, like I said, we've been married almost 10 years now and I'm very proud of that. Okay. Here's an idea of how to think of this. If you, um, By showing up for the other person, like trying to be perfect, it will actually push other people away because it's not genuine. You're not being vulnerable. You're not being open. And it doesn't allow space for them to be vulnerable and open. Think about the people who you are genuinely attracted to, not just in in like marriage or a romantic relationship, but across the board. Think about those people. Why is it you are genuinely attracted to them? It's usually because they are real. They are real and we want real. It's because they are willing to put out who they are. And when they do that, they're not not—they're not trying to show up as how you think they should show up. They're trying to do that. You cannot be anything but you. You need to be you. Um, and there's nothing you can do to make this other person choose you. I know you will fight me tooth and nail some of you on that. I know. I know that it like makes you cringe and you think, no, I just, I can do this and I can do that but it's not going to get you where where you want to be. I've tried. It didn't work. I've seen women try over and over again for probably 15 years, guys, that I've been working with women on different things like this. It doesn't work, okay? I have stories about this too. Did I cause my divorce because of perfect wife syndrome? No, you didn't. Would he still have left me if I'd overcome this? Here's the deal. It doesn't matter. You did the best you could with the information you had at the time. My dad tells me all this time. He says, live with no regrets. I think you can have a few regrets, but also understand you did the best you could with the information you had at the time and with what felt right for you at the time. There's no judgment. And this is the thing when you come into my coaching programs, the first thing we lean into and the first retreat that you come to of mine is we lean into the idea of gentle healing. We are going to love ourselves. And be gentle with ourselves through this process. And we are not going to judge ourselves for what we have done or what we may have done. We are going to learn, we are going to understand, and we are going to move forward. Okay. You guys, how this works for me. I dated my ex-husband again after we got divorced. Yes, the man that I knew was gay and had been had an affair and had moved in with the man he'd had an affair with. He then moved out and we dated again after divorce. Now, we needed this time to be able to know that we are truly done. Like we're saying there's more I could have done, or there's this and that. Like some of us need that time to be able to understand that we did try everything we could. Okay. But also I realized in that time, that was when it really hit me on a whole nother nother level. There is nothing I could do to get him to stay. There's nothing. And I hope that you get that peace and clarity of what feels right for you before that point. But that was the moment for me. And because we were convinced we could do better, that's why we dated again. And I was convinced I could do better. And as we were in that relationship, I was stressed out of my mind again. All of the stress and anxiety came back of me trying to show up perfectly and i realized that i didn't want any of that i didn't want the things that the relationship was bringing into my life and ultimately i kept thinking would i want my daughter to stay in this type of relationship the answer was no i wanted to show her what a healthy relationship looked like i wanted to show her what a healthy family dynamic could look like and i wasn't dumb i wasn't like we beat ourselves up too like I should have seen this coming or I should have known that I couldn't change him or I should have known that just trying so hard wouldn't work. You're not dumb. You are strong as hell for going through this. You are so strong and you might not feel it right by now, but you are. And ultimately, what I realized was what I genuinely wanted for my daughter was in this last picture from a couple of Halloweens ago. I wanted her to see both her dad and I in healthy relationships that made that we could model for her and also a healthy relationship between the two of us. And now this last picture on Halloween, I couldn't control if Steve ended up in a healthy relationship or not, but I wanted him to be healthy. And I knew staying with me wasn't providing a safe space for him. I was a safe person for him and I still am, but it wasn't a safe space for him. And he wasn't a safe space for me anymore. He is a safe person for me, but our marriage, our relationship wasn't. Now it is because we can be friends, but ultimately what my little daughter gets now is she gets to see mine and my husband's relationship, and she gets to see her dad and his partner's relationship, and she gets to see that, and that's ultimately what I wanted for her, and she gets to realize she's going to be loved no matter who she is or what she wants to be because we have modeled that for her. Okay, are you guys getting this? Do any of you have takeaways so far? I mean, we've got some of them in here. My kids don't know the whole story, so that's hard for me to show them strength. They think our divorce was mutual when it wasn't. He cheated on me and they don't know that. Okay, so here's some things is, first of all, they will see things on their own. Also, you can be honest about some of the things that happen. They don't need to know details, but they can know on an age-appropriate level some of the things that have happened. I think we try to protect the other parent uh, to an extreme sometimes. And while, yes, you want to protect them and you don't want to badmouth them, there are ways to share without them knowing everything and kids see things. Now, my stepdaughter moved in with us almost a year ago full-time because of the things she was seeing at her mom's house and the ways that she didn't want to feel. And so she now... It was 13 when she moved in with us. Now at 14, it lives with us full-time because she was seeing those things happening and she didn't want that in her life. And we got to model a healthy relationship and she latched onto that and took to that and has seen that for herself, okay? You can tell your kids a story on an age-appropriate level. How did you go from a hot mess to having a good relationship with your ex? Boundaries and space. People think that like we went from marriage to like this beautiful friendship. And while we did have a good friendship through it all, we were not as close or um, we didn't see each other as often as we do now. We created a lot of space with very clear boundaries of very strict time. We we respected each other's time with our daughter. We respected each other's uh, relationships with people we were dating. Um, And we really put up some solid boundaries to regain our trust and show support for each other. And then we slowly were able to create a relationship once we knew who we were and we had healed ourselves. Now that doesn't mean we're like healed, okay. <laughs> and I'm I'm dead serious. Like there are still things that pop up every once in a while that we're like, oh, this needs to be healed. And there are still things that happen in our relationship that are hard conversations to have. Okay. But we were a hot mess. I'm glad you acknowledge that we were, we were a hot mess, both of us. Um, And our relationship was a hot mess and we gave each other a lot of grace, a lot of time. And there was was a lot of intention, things that I dive into in coaching and that we can work through. And I want you to remember, there is no right or wrong path for you. There's no one way this needs to look. You can stay with your partner. You don't have to. You can have a good, like the relationship that Steve and I have. You don't have to. That might not be the healthy relationship for you. We have a very different relationship with Matt's ex-wife, with my husband's ex-wife. And it is the most important relationship, like the, the type of relationship we have with her is what his kids need. That is what they need, okay? It doesn't work for everybody, okay? You can have joy when you are going through the crappiest, hardest thing in your life. You can have your relationship with your, your ex or your current husband, all of that is still real, even though they cheated on you. Like there can still be both or that they came out. You still get to have both, okay? Okay. Coaching allows you and gives you the space to live in both. Very helpful so far. This is where we dive into like this question from Rachel How do I know if a relationship is a safe place, healthy, et cetera? If my husband is the only relationship I've ever been in, we're not comparing. You don't need to compare your relationship to somebody else's or a relationship you've had in the past or your parents' relationship or your friends' relationship. It's all about how you feel and trusting yourself. And that is something we we work on um, through coaching programs. In fact, one of my coaching programs, I had initially called it trust your gut because we have to get in tune with our gut, maybe for the first time ever in our lives to know whether it's healthy or not for us to stay. Okay. You are not them and you are more than enough. Okay. And what you need is right for you. I like, again, like I said, I dated my ex-husband again after we got divorced. I knew he was gay. It was what was right for us. And you get to determine what is right for you. Okay. It can look different. There's so many ways you can figure this out. Okay, when you are living in true alignment with your values, you will be able to move forward in a way that doesn't feel as heavy. Getting clear on your values and not just like, well, I value family. Okay, I know, like I guarantee every, every person in this room right now values family and that is beautiful and I love it. But you can value family and still get a divorce. And that's where this whole idea of both comes in. And it feels like, no, Jessica, that is bullcrap. Like, that is not true, but it is true. And I can help you figure out how. You get to live into your values, and then it doesn't feel as heavy. And when you live into those values, doors open up to how you can think of your life and relationships differently to get you where you need to go. And it also helps you support your family, yourself, and your kids. Are you guys ready to go the distance in this? Like this is the sprint version that I am giving you so much stuff. And I love this picture of my little itty bitty Penny right here um, in front of the Iron Man poster. For some reason, this gets me emotional. (laughs) Partially thinking of little Penny, partially thinking of the work that you guys get to do. Like you can go the distance. You can do this. But it is sometimes it feels like little Penny on her tiny little bike. Riding through the Iron Man, it's just one little step at a time, one little pedal forward at a time. And that is going to get you to where you need to be. If we think about down the road and all of the things that is too overwhelming, I encourage you when it feels too heavy and hard, you think of little Penny on her tiny bike riding that little Iron Man. She did not do the full Iron Man. I'm not saying she did, but she's out there like pedaling one foot forward. You are in an iron man. This is some of the hardest emotional crap you can go through and you are here. You chose to show up here today and that is huge. You are choosing to show up every day. Sometimes that means laying in bed and crying and that's okay. Okay? But you are ready to go the distance. Do you feel you are ready to go the distance? And do you want to learn more about how to move forward past the emotional fog? And have more happiness, peace, and clarity in your life. Who is ready for some of this? This is just the tip of the iceberg of what is available for you. These stories, these beliefs that you're bringing up in the comments, I am just touching on those right now. I want to help you get clear on how to tackle those. I want you to know your values so that we can then get you living in alignment with those. There's some experiences from people who have been through my coaching programs or on a VIP workshop call. Um, Susan, all these names are changed, found peace with moving forward towards divorce as well as owning her own self-worth. She was struggling with the idea of divorce. She did not, that's not what she wanted, which most of us, that is not what we we want. But she was able to change the story she was telling herself to see how it actually benefited her as showing up for herself, for her kids, to be able to find the clarity that she needed. Erin found connection Um, when there was no one else to talk to, she found clarity about the action she was ready to take. She was able to move through these, to find people who understood. So she felt less alone, which gave her hope to be able to move forward. One of the coolest things I find about my programs is that there are people who are at the same stage as you. There are people who are maybe a couple steps behind a couple steps forward. And then there are people who are, you know, maybe a mile or two for ahead of you. And it brings such beautiful hope. Whether they're going through the exact same thing or not, it allows us to see things differently and to see of where we might be able to get to. So that is one of the greatest things and the most feedback I get about the programs that I offer. Clara is finding peace in her beliefs with her religion and church. Often when we go through a crisis in our relationship, it makes us question our belief system. And that can feel really hard, it can feel really hard and heavy. And she found new ways to see how her ex is showing up to show her love and support. She's really carrying this belief that her ex just didn't care about her, that he didn't love her, um, that he didn't, he didn't trust her. He didn't respect her. And then When she realized he was showing her these things in ways she wasn't looking for, she was able to start seeing the ways that he was showing her these things, and then they were able to heal their relationship to be able to come together to have a decent relationship and support one another and their kids. Okay? You may be thinking, I've tried counseling, I've tried coaching, I've tried church, this doesn't work for me. This is different. There is a community here for you. I think that's one difference between counseling. I highly recommend counseling. I'm not bashing counseling. I also think that finding a community of people really changes things. This may work for someone else, but it's not going to work for me. I'm going to challenge you on that belief. And we also carry this belief that when my partner or my ex or whoever changes X, Y, and or Z, then I'll be able to be okay. Then I'll be happy. Then it'll all be better. Better. If they would just apologize, I could be at peace. And I will tell you, unless you have done the work healing, when you get that, first of all, you won't need the apology once you have leaned into that work. And secondly, when the apology is given, if it ever is, it will make a difference. If you haven't done your healing, receiving that apology isn't going to change anything. It's not going to be like, I got an apology. I'm better. It doesn't work that way. So I want you to let go of that belief to see how healing can work for you. The people in my group coaching programs, they get results because they're willing to take action. They're willing to say, yes, I need more. I am in. And sign up and say, I'm going to embrace this coaching and I'm going to move forward. And they are healing and moving forward faster than if you do it on your own or with counseling alone. And I will tell you, It doesn't matter if you are years out from this. I have a woman who is coming. She's come to one of my retreats already. She's coming to the next retreat that I'm hosting in April. And she is years out of the betrayal. She is years out from all of this, but she knows she still needs healing. I have people in my groups who found out, a month ago, they've been in groups for a while now. So when they joined, they were maybe a couple weeks out. They've been in for months now, but, but like they only knew a couple weeks or a month. And I found so many people reaching out to me being like, Jessica, I haven't had a partner come out, but I am feeling the things you are saying and talking about. I need something. And that's why I've started opening this up to people who've been through betrayal and who have had a partner come out and, or whatever your experience is. The only thing keeping you from moving forward is you. And I know it sucks to hear that, and people get pissed about that as well. But I'm telling you the truth the only thing keeping you from moving, moving out of the emotional fog, keeping you from moving forward is you. I want you to be able to do that, to be able to move forward. Okay. Secret number three, last one. Let's dive into this real quick. And this is a lifelong process of hearing you. But the reason we want to hear ourselves is because ultimately, the only opinion that matters. (laughs) is your own. It's the only one that matters. You are the one in charge of your show. I once had a counselor when I I got remarried tell me, he's like, Jessica, because I I was convinced I was ruining my stepkid's life. I was ruining my husband's life. I was ruining his ex-wife's life. Like, He's like, this show, this movie is not about you. You are a part of their movie. You get to run your show and your movie. But you are just a part in theirs. You are not capable of ruining these people's lives. They get to choose what works for them. You are the one in charge of your show. Here's another thing that I want to share real quick. Are all the workshops, all groups slash community. I offer one-on-one coaching. I don't, it's not my favorite. I feel again that the community is where we make progress. Sorry, snapping back to this comment. Um, but ultimately, I mean, if you want one-on-one coaching, reach out to me. Okay. It's an option. It's an option. Okay, that being said, <laughs> I do offer a combo program. It is, it includes all of my retreats. It includes all of my coaching programs, but you also get one-on-one coaching with me, one-on-one access to me on a weekly basis. Um, if you are interested in that, please don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to give you information about that. Or if you're interested in parts of that, I can give you prices on parts of that too. So that is for you. Okay, you are the one in charge of your show. Here's the thing, you guys. The only opinion that matters is you. I've shared this in reels. I've shared this so many times. I get heat and crap and feedback and suggestions on how I should be living my life, how I should be living my life and what I should be doing all the time. It does not matter if the people have known me for the whole term of my life, the whole 38, almost 39 years I've been alive, or if they have seen 10 seconds of my story which many of you have seen this little tiny piece of my story from Instagram. People are going to judge me on that 10 seconds. People are going to judge me if they've known me for 39 years because nobody is me. Nobody knows why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Nobody understands that. You understand what you need. You understand, you get to do that. One of the ways we start to hear our voice is by silencing the noise. What you, want is, uh, what you want is all that matters. And people will say, but Jessica, my parents, my friends, my church, my kids, society at large tells me this, that I should be living my life this way. And I call bullcrap. Okay? Your mom doesn't know what's best for you. Your best friend doesn't know what's best for you. Only you know what is right for You. You get to do what is right for you. And I want to help you understand how to hear that voice. And part of it is silencing all of the opinions around you. I used to have a slide that talked about, it talks about my mom. I love my mom dearly. This morning, right before this, I was at pickleball lessons with my mom. She lives three blocks away from me. And I should say both my parents live three blocks away from me. um, And I'm very close to them, but this is about my mom specifically. (laughs) There are things I don't tell my mom when I am in the thick of it because I don't want her opinion. She wants somebody else to fix my problems. Usually something to do with Matt, my current husband, and she'll be like, well, Matt needs to change that or his kids need to do that differently or his ex-wife needs to blah, blah, blah. And I do not have control over any of those people. So I have to determine what feels right for me, how it feels right for me to show up in that relationship, in any of those relationships. Without them changing anything, if I am choosing to stay in the relationship, does that make sense? So, I don't go to my mom to tell her what I'm feeling at the moment. I, sometimes I bounce things off of her, but I usually make a decision about what it is I want before I express any of that to my mom because I don't want to be sucked into that idea that everybody else needs to change. Somebody else is the problem that takes away my power that takes away my control. And so often one of the sounds, one of the voices I silence is my mom's and that's hard, but it's real. And then I talk to her about things after I've made the decision and she will get there to be supportive of this decision I made And she will get on board, but it will take her some time to work it out. And I know that about her. And so I give her that time, that space. And I let her know, this is what I've decided. This is what I'm doing. Um, And she's gotten to the point where she knows she needs to work it out. And then we get to come together and she can be supportive of that decision. Nobody else knows what's right for you. Only you know what is right for you. There are always shortcuts, you guys. They aren't going to get you to where you want to be. Ultimately, Suppressing your feelings, lying to yourself and to others, whether you acknowledge it or not, saying this uh, saying this don't really matter, <laughs> saying this doesn't really matter, not acting on the pain, um, getting stuck in this is the only way pattern of thinking, or this is the only way I'll be happy. These are things that we think are shortcuts that are not going to get us to where we want to be. They are not ultimately going to be lasting forms, lasting solutions to what we're going through. They are short-term solutions. They are not going to bring us happiness and joy and peace. So I encourage you to dive in and to lean into this healing fully. Now, that is the end, you guys. Silence the noise. Stop living into that perfect wife syndrome. Don't, don't let that or perfect spouse, perfect partner syndrome. Don't let that ruin rule your life. And then let's start hearing your voice and what it is you want, like connecting there. That will be the power in all of this. It says, how do you move forward when you have no financial income of your own uh, and can't find jobs after not working for 15 years? Okay, so right here, you are carrying a few beliefs that are going to keep you from being able to find a job and that are going to keep you from being able to have financial income. First and foremost, your uh, support of your partner within your marriage is you have access to their finances because you were that support. Now, if you already have a custody agreement in place, your divorce is finalized. I understand that things are kind of set in stone there, but if you aren't through that process yet, like I have some things to encourage you there as well. You created that income with that person you were a part of that creating that income it wasn't them solo you supported you helped you those things now finding jobs you can put that out into the universe now i we talk about manifesting crap and whatever and i do believe in manifestation in a way but I believe that it takes a lot of intentional action and it takes changing this belief that I can't find a job because I haven't worked for 15 years. Instead, we are going to lean into your strengths and all those things to get you to where, why wouldn't somebody want me to come work for them? Why wouldn't somebody want to have me, I am a resource for somebody. There are so many different ways to get jobs now. I'm thinking about like some of the people I employ, I employ just a, I don't employ, I, I contract with a couple people. I employ one person now, which just started. I'm so excited. But those are unique niche jobs that like you could go do and find a resource for you and be at home doing if you have kids that you are wanting to stay home with. Like there are so many options. We just have to get creative of thinking about it and get you out there and change this thinking so that you aren't putting what we call, okay, this leads to a false benefit. And the benefit, the false benefit is that you don't have to look for a job. You don't have to lean into this idea because, there's no jobs out there because you haven't worked for 15 years. Like you're protecting yourself by carrying this belief instead of it, allowing you to put yourself out there and be vulnerable to the fact there are jobs and I can find one that feels scary. And so we're protecting ourselves from that fear by holding this belief. And Brandy, you are not the only one carrying this belief. You are not, this is hard and it is scary. And it feels like Nobody is going to want us because we haven't worked because we have been stay-at-home moms. I could tell you right now, I want to hire stay-at-home moms. Like that is, those are the women I want to work with. There are so many people like me that would hire you for different positions that can go to your skill set. Okay. That's like a little tiny idea moving forward. And here's the deal is... Part of investing and coaching with me allows you to tackle these beliefs of financial yeah, beliefs. Too. It might push you a little bit. It might feel scary a little bit to say, hey, I'm going to sign up for this six month program. I don't know if I really have the money and I don't want you to go in debt. I don't want you to buy financially like not responsible, but I also want you to push yourself because in that we are opening ourselves up to more there's more out here for me, that I can do this, that I can cover this cost and that I'm going to cover this cost and then some, okay? We get stuck in not a lot. You guys are amazing. You are strong. This is hard work and it is work, but I promise you, gosh dang it, (laughs) that you can get to where you want to be. Those values that you hold that maybe you feel lost in right now of the value of your family and how you thought your family would look, I know that that feels sometimes unattainable to get there. But you can get there. And you are doing it right now by showing up one little step at a time like you did today. Please reach out if you need support. I'm sending you love. Take care. I look forward to hearing from you all in the future. Thanks for being here today. Goodbye, guys. Okay, I really hope that you were able to get something out of this week's episode. And if you are thinking, man, I need some more support, I would love to be able to get coaching to move forward in these things. Obviously, the VIP workshop that you may have heard mentioned in the recording has passed, but I do have a program that is launching on Tuesday. Like We start on March 7th. and If you are interested in that, please don't hesitate to reach out. The link to get information about that is in the show notes. Or you can schedule a call with me to hear what types of services I offer to be able to support you as you move forward and to see where you can have this community of people to be able to support you, where you can feel seen and heard and connected, and that you can get the clarity you need to move forward, to show up for yourself, to show up for your kids, for your family, and all the areas of your life. So if you are interested in more, head to the show notes. You can get the link to get on a call with me, or you can get signed up for this next six-month program that I have coming up. I would love to have you join. I look forward to getting to meet you and to know you. And please, if you haven't yet, leave us a rating and a review. It is officially my birthday month. And if you have been here for a while or been listening to this podcast, you know that I enjoy celebrating the whole month. And the thing that would really fill me with joy this month is for you, if you haven't yet, to leave a rating and a review. It makes my heart swell and reminds me why we are here doing this work and not just my heart, but also Matt and Steve's and also the people who are looking for the support we are giving here in this podcast. So please, 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 if you feel called and you want to, you know, drop me a little bit of a birthday present this month, please leave us a rating and review. We would love to hear from you. Have an awesome week.